I need healing. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode two of I Need Healing, the Fantasy Overwatch League podcast. My name is White Noise. I am Cheyenne, former tier two, three player current coach. I don't want to give any of my credentials because they are less impressive. So uh, <laughs> I'm just someone who talks a lot. And with that, I think it's time to talk a lot. Um, we're going to break down the games from this past weekend, the opening weekend of the Overwatch League, which was a good one. Honestly, there were some really great games. Yeah, I enjoyed We finally have Overwatch League back. It's been such a long season. Yeah, it's been I, a long off season, I for sure. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had it on in the background. I think I sent you a picture where I had the amount of screens open. I had like a on my big screen, I had the game, and then on my small screen, I had uh, sideshows co-stream, and that was the sound <laughs> I was hearing. Yeah, and then I, I had odds up and rankings. It was. <laughs> I actively watched the first two days, I'll say. The second two, I had a lot of other things that I was doing, but I I was still watching. I was watching. Uh, Let's go over the games real quick. The very first round was New York Chelsea against uh, the Los Angeles Gladiator. And I think it was 1-3-1. No surprises there. I think NYXL actually looked okay. Like, people had them really low. I think they're, like, middle of the pack. They are not that. And they... They came out with Echo, and people were like, lol, Echo, and then Houston came out with Echo. I mean, I think, I I hate to say it, but I think Yaki Flora did not look as good as I was hoping. I thought this might be a space for an upset. I thought this was more likely than some of the other upsets throughout the weekend. Um, I just thought people were too low on New York. I, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but if it had been a double flex meta, I think we would have seen a different game. It wasn't. For sure. I think NYXL, they did lose both of the games. Their other game was against Atlanta Rain, and they just got trapped. But they had two really difficult starting games. I think yeah. you could see them on the rise for the future. Especially with... I think Yaki and Flora looked okay. I think at moments they looked like with Kevster and Kai. and Those are pretty impressive DPS tanks to be stacked against. True. I The first map, when they took the first... Um, King of the Hill map, I they looked, I think, the best of the weekend in that first map, and I then agree. it was downhill from there. The second match, they, they didn't look as good in. I agree. I think uh, we'll get to the second map later, but they got supported from that one. Yeah. You want to move on to the, the yeah. Shock versus so the Eternal? I will, we, sh- we can probably go over both Shock games at once, because they happened on, uh, very early, both of them. They swept the Paris 3-0, and then they swept London, 3-0. And Shock are looking good. They are not... People are really high on Shock. They look very coordinated. But they did play against Paris and Spitfire. I really want to see how well Violet does in, on Lucio and Collusion Monkey against some of the top teams, right? They look yeah. well. They look solid. But they are still not completely proven. No, and I mean that the amount of rookies on that team... Is I'm, I mean, there's so many unproven factors. I, I was hoping for a little bit more of a struggle from the shock. 
only because everyone was hype on proper and I wanted them to be wrong because I always want to be <laughs> the the contrarian. But uh, I mean, they look solid. I think they're, I had them a little lower in my rankings. I think that they're easily a top five, but we'll see. I, I think top five NA definitely. I don't know about once we have APEC coming in. Yeah, they look pretty solid. But again, they look really good against bottom yeah. of the pack team. So we'll have to see. Um, moving on to the next game. Atlanta, Rain 3, Florida Mayhem 1. This was closer than the score show, actually. Yeah. Florida played pretty well. And Atlanta are looking like one of the better teams too. So, Yeah, I... I think Florida, and, and you know I'm a big Florida supporter, but uh, I think that there were like two decisions maybe away from a 3-1 a the other way. Uh, on some of their map losses, uh, I would have to see the, the details, which I'm pulling up now. Um, there were some close maps in there. The uh, Eichenwald, that was a tight map. That came down to one fight at the end. Do you, do you want to talk about Gibraltar? Oh, yeah. That was painful. I think Gibraltar was really where they lost. Uh, someone yeah. coming out on the hog? Okay, fine. Who who got that hook kill? Was it like later in the, later in the weekend? Do you remember? I don't know. I think it was that London-Vancouver game. But I could be wrong. There was... At some point, someone actually got the hook kill out of spawn, which never happens. But um, oh no, it was I remember now. It was actually Toronto against Dante. Yeah, yeah, that one. That yeah, that was a dumb one. But someone stuck to the hog for half of that map. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I mean, it's not up to him. I'm sure they researched that strategy and. It probably had success in scrims, and they decided to go with it, and it just didn't work. I mean, what would they be countering with the hog? Uh, was it, like, the Doomfist? I imagine it's probably either Doomfist or Monkey, right? Yeah. It's just... It's one of those things when... I guess, and that's a tough call, when something isn't working, is do you just completely scrap it? Because sometimes you see teams do that, and then they, they throw away their alt, they... You know, that isn't always the best move. It's like, at a certain point, you got to cut your losses, though. And I think that yeah. was one of those. They didn't have to change anyone else. You know, you throw away a whole hog, okay. You know, the, yeah. you're playing against Ana anyway. The chance you get slept is... Very high. Yeah. Um, and just hanging out in car wash. I don't know. Florida look solid, and they still don't have exit. Yeah. Because he's still in Korea. So once Exit comes in, especially if it's a different meta with like a hitscan and a tracer, they can look really good in the future. Yeah. We talked last week about Checkmate. Do you think that you were too low on Checkmate after this weekend? I think Checkmate... I, I thought Checkmate was going to play tank, and he didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That seemed to be like... I think that was a, an Albert, yeah, uh, meme on the, on the Overwatch League <laughs> official... <laughs> thing but um, his genji looked great honestly solid yeah yeah uh i i think well and again i was saying better than yaki i don't know but the way yaki played in that atlanta game on genji 
I think Checkmate looked better. Genji is definitely not Yaki's best hero. Yeah. No. And I think it, it Genji is Checkmate's best hero. Mm. At least okay. from what we've seen from him. But at least that's uh, her. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the bread ball of the week? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was it or the Spitfire Vancouver game. I yeah. I think that was it. Spitfire looked yeah. horrible. I was hoping for a Vancouver upset because of Masa and Shockwave and I mean the individual pieces of the Titans are in my opinion better than the individual pieces of Boston. Personally. I think Vancouver played I want to say better than I expected, but still not great. Uh, they could win some games throughout the season, which is solid. Yeah. I mean, I think that begs the question of how bad is Boston. If if London 3-0'd Vancouver and Boston 3-2'd, you know. Um, I had Boston between London and Vancouver, so that's pretty much what I expected out of them. Um, really? I had, my, my bottom four were London, Vancouver, uh, London, Boston, Vancouver, and Paris at the bottom. Yes, I had Paris at the bottom. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I thought people were too hype on Paris. I honestly was, and maybe this was a little bit of hopium on my side, but I was thinking Vancouver would be the best of the worst. I thought they had the potential. Sky Ripa really did not impress me. I was yeah. disappointed in that pick. I think Aztec... Again, two years ago in contenders, so who knows? But I mean, last year I've, I've said it before on here. I'll say it again. He was, I, th- I thought he was going to be a sleeper for Toronto, and I mean, I had watched a lot of his contenders play, and he was very good in contenders. But I guess they didn't play him two years in a row. He was benched. That means something. But um, yeah. yeah, that Boston game was rough. <laughs> uh, it was a race to the bottom. What did you think of that Elio Strat with Diva? I I think the reason people are playing Diva on Lighthouse is because they expect either Echo or Farah. And that's the big reason why. Because Diva counters both Echo and Farah a lot better than Monkey or Doomfist can. Um, so I think that's the big reason why. You know how the Lighthouse... It's very open, you have a lot of high ground and verticality, and a lot of people did play Echo on there, so I'm like... I believe that it's mostly just a counter-strategy for Echo or Farah. We did see uh, one single Farah throughout the, the whole weekend, so, you know. Yeah, is that... I guess Boston won against Vancouver with that strategy, and then just got rolled by the Glads trying yeah. the same shit. Uh, what did the Glads play against that? I'm gonna... Uh, they, they just played Monkey. They just played Ranier on Monkey. Yeah, I mean that checks. Okay, yeah, it was what? Uh, it was monkey Genji. So it was just mm. the the meta the base, versus yeah, this. Yeah. Well, meta. I mean, Valentine is a phenomenal echo, but it's not solid. not in that setting. <laughs> okay, not when do you, you want to move... Kepster, you know? Definitely. Do you want to move on to what for me is the game of the week? Uh, Houston rolled the three zero with Tangte. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, that was that was a surprise. Did you expect? I don't think anyone expected Dante I, to roll out on tank. No, I expected Dante to do good. He always does. I always pick him up for my fantasy leagues because he's very consistent, very good, really solid, and he always performs. Um, 
And I did not expect him to run out on tank, but he performed really well. Yeah, uh, that uh, really lowers Piggy stock. Yeah, but for sure. We'll get to that when we get to waivers, but Which it's it's funny. I had both Piggy and Dante. Um I will say I don't think Dallas looked awful. I think they got caught um by the nerves and the audience and the fact that they were playing just a, a if you want to call it a weird comp, very aggressive with the Echo and the Doomfist. Um yeah. I think Houston did what New York tried to do. And it worked out for them that that time. Yeah, I think what's interesting is New York didn't run the... I think if they had run the Doomfist, that was the missing piece of of that comp. Maybe. Houston did get did lose later in the week. It's yeah, maybe... but it, the shock and awe factor, I think, of running that Doom. That's fair, yeah. Uh, but I, what I would have to look at the stats, but it seems to me that Houston tends to punch above their weight when they are in those live situations For against sure. Dallas. Uh, I'd be curious on the battle for Texas, what those stats look like live versus online. I mean, last year, even the very first game of the year was the battle for Texas and Houston won and they, they didn't win again throughout the entire year. So. Yeah, no, I think that, might be what we're looking at this year. All right, the Toronto Justice game. I am very disappointed in Toronto this game. Yeah, me too. I think Toronto way underperformed this game. Washington didn't look great. They didn't look, I would say they looked all right, not even good. And Toronto, I don't know if they hadn't worked things out. They were not coordinating greatly and... Positioning was a bit off in a few games. They looked better against Houston, for sure. Yeah, I think that 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 first map was one thing. I think the first map, Toronto came out and played really well. Uh, And then the next three, they just looked confused and scatterbrained. Yeah. I think Toronto could... like They look like they're on the rise, and they're maybe starting to put things back together. So... And I do believe in Twilight Chorong as one of the best backlines in the entire league. I think they could be good for the future. Well, in this meta, I mean, you saw of the player of the matches, a significant number of them were flex supports. Yeah. I think right now the power of that nade is, like, shouldn't be uh, ruled out. The, the question is, in a meta that's determined more by the tank, or that's, you know, what, what will happen. But I think Twilight, uh, like, Bring me another! Okay, so you had a little bit of a trouble there, but you were saying about uh, backline meta, support meta? Yeah, I was just thinking, honestly, with the... I feel like this weekend you had Ultraviolet and I think Twilight were really the keys to some of the success we saw from Toronto and Atlanta. Um, I am curious what would happen to... to Toronto in like a tank dominated meta or in a you know a DPS dominated meta where if you have a meta that doesn't rely as much on flex supports or main supports then what happens um, I do think Muse looked pretty alright especially in the game against Houston um he has a very aggressive style and I think it really fits the team I do worry yeah. about them like I know they have issue on finality Overperform, but I don't think it's like a top tier 
DPS lineup. So I would definitely be worried about them in a DPS meta. But other than that, I think they, they got some good pieces. Yeah, if we had a meta that was d- kind of defined by hit scans, I think Hisu could keep up, but not. I don't mm-hmm. think he could be the top of the league. But yeah, I mean, I do think Toronto and Florida are my two most exciting teams, in my opinion, that would be the most fun to watch because I think that they will have the most question marks going into matches. Um, speaking of good support players, uh, Ultraviolet is actually dominating. That's the, my one takeaway from the weekend. Uh, Rain defeated New York 3-0 in our next game, and yeah, I think Ultraviolet is proving why people were so high on him. I mean, I was saying that American Tornado backline of OG and Ultraviolet was... I was excited to watch them on a on an OWL team, and they really proved themselves. Yeah, they have some solid pieces around them. Uh, Kai is still an amazing player, and I think they are actually performing quite well. Yeah, on Deepay's stream, he, he mentioned that he thought Kai was the best hit scan in the league. Which I, you know... I don't necessarily disagree with. I think that Kai is up there. I mean, his performance on the Valiant in 2020 was yeah. unreal. Um, he his would Ash, definitely be in that contention. Yeah, I think his Ash was better than Anz. I think Anz's Widow was better than Kai's, but I think he had a very good argument for best Ash in the league. Yeah, I mean, you also have Chai to consider. Chai is also a really good Hitscan player. Absolutely. And happy. But- and happy, but Kai would be up there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's well, I don't on. think. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else in that New York game that's worth. No. Worth talking let's about. Let's move on to the next Gladiators game. Gladiators did look a little bit better uh, against NYXL. They looked very sloppy. They looked a little bit better against Boston. Both of them were three-one wins for the Gladiators, but you know, they still don't look like last year's Gladiators. Which last year's Gladiators? The beginning or the end of the season? <laughs> they look like the beginning of the season Gladiators. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, it's a team that tends to kind of have weird back and forth moments. Um, that was the game that uh, Ans played against. Who on Gibraltar was that? Against it was Ans. Yeah. That was Victoria, was the widow that came out from yeah. Boston. And that was. I felt bad for Victoria on that one. Ants did. Ants has played two maps thus far. He played um, Secret Royale against NYXL, the map they lost. And he looked pretty okay. In Gibraltar, he dominated the yeah. entire map. It's funny. It was. Uh, I think you were also listening to that co-stream with Deepay, Reinforce, and um, yeah. I don't remember who else was on that day. It was Joss the- and the Vast, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was a changing cast of characters, but I think that day was that. And they were starting to talk about how Ans might have peaked in 2020, and then he got three headshots back to back. <laughs> and they're like, oh, never mind. All right, there he is. Yeah. Um, but past that, I don't know if there's much to talk about on this game. I guess not for right now, but I would. If Ans does play two maps per week, that's probably not enough. But if he plays three or four, he might be worth picking up because, you know, he's going to put those good performances on. On those maps. Yeah, I mean, it's a question of what the meta looks like. And yeah. this is always the problem with these teams that have 
kind of stack DPS lines with specialists. I mean, yeah. a lot of teams do this, and it makes it hard for fantasy. I mean, the 2020 Shock is always my go-to example, where you had Rascal, Striker, Ants, who were trading time, and then, I mean, Architect was on that team, a few others, I think. Um, Smurf and Super, always. Yeah, but that one, I mean, towards the end of the season, you're pretty much only seeing Smurf. But Except when Super brought out the hog, apparently. Until, until he brought out the hog, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you see, I feel like it's a similar thing where you might have, you know, Kevster Pat- Patapan for 90% of maps, and then Ants comes out and crushes. And yeah. I don't know that he's worth... I think if you have a bench spot that isn't being used, like if you have a stacked roster... I mean, really, I think it's after APAC comes back, then he's worth picking up. I don't know about now. Maybe there, yeah. No, because most people's benches will have APAC teams right now. Yep. Uh, Let's move on to the next game. London 3, Vancouver 0. I will say... (laughs) (laughs) I will say, London look pretty alright when they're playing Brawl. They played Brawl for the first two maps, and they dominated Vancouver. And then on Route 66, they went dive, and the game actually looked really close, because London are not good at dive. But I would say if London stick to Brawl, they can probably beat Paris, Boston. Um, I think they can definitely win those games, so long as they stick to playing Brawl. Chaddy look very high. <laughs> he looked yeah. great. I'm high on Chaddy. So I long as they're playing they... against those they looked good, not playing Brawl, but playing the Titans. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. There were some questionable moves by London in that game. I think it's just the Titans were playing, like, uh, honestly, it, like it was a scrim. I mean, they were not <laughs> playing well. They were, I mean, they were giving space in weird, uh, weird situations and just not, they were never getting aggressive. They just kept backing up, backing up, backing up in a dive comp and like a, a rush style dive. Never engaging. I I just felt like they were playing passive that whole game and London were kind of inting, but that works against a passive team. Yeah. But to take into account, London did play Brawl into Shock as well. And I know they lost, but Shock did really well. And London, they they fought at some points. They presented a challenge at some points. The the maps were a little bit closer than just 3-0. If I compare London Shock and London Titans, I think London Shock was a lot closer than London Titans. Yeah. Even though they were both 3-0. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. The, there were... Uh, yeah, there were some moments there. But then you have Landon and Hottie... Landon, who can only really play BAP, and Hadi, who can only really play Ryan. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you have to... I I don't like seeing a team that is pigeonholed either way. Like, everybody knows what they're going to be facing against them and can just practice versus Brawl. That's very fair. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see. All right, the Paris-Florida game. Hey, first illegal maneuver of Overwatch League on Overwatch Shield. Has that ever happened before where they made a team replay attack? Yes, it has. When? I don't remember, but it has happened a couple of times. 
Was that like season one and two? Uh, you don't know. Because I don't remember that happening last season. I don't remember that happening 2020. Those were, I mean, th- those were the seasons I paid the most attention to. But in 2019 even, I don't remember it, if it did happen. It's definitely happened before. It usually happens for technical issues that they just have to replay the thing. I think it's happened once or twice because of stuff like that. But don't don't call me out on that because I'm not 100%. That's I'll a- try to find it. Florida did still win 3-1 as a 3-0. But, you know. I think it would have been a much bigger deal if they had ended up losing that map. But Yeah, I, I they looked good enough that I wasn't worried that they were going to lose at any point. I was worried about the mental of that. Of giving Paris another chance could rally them. Like, Glister looked a lot better on their second defense than their first. And I was you worried so? about that. Florida actually well, had a better time bank on the second round. I think Glister looked better. I don't know that the... Well, I, I should say up until like the second checkpoint. From first to second checkpoint, Paris looked way better. The rest of it, they didn't. That's right. I'll have to rewatch, because Glister just popped off for like maybe only a minute of it. And that's all I'm remembering. But <laughs> um, Something I was thinking about is I remember watching the World Cup and Ireland pulled that exact same play on Eichenwald and never got called on it. The so, World Cup is so old. That, honestly, that may be why they put the rule in afterwards. Yeah. Because I remember it was because of uh, a play like that on Eichenwald. For the viewers who don't know what we're talking about, Florida used uh, Maywall on a slanted roof and put a Smerda teleport over it, which is an illegal maneuver in the Overwatch League. And I know it is because someone did that in Eichenwald, where you can go over the top left, uh, above the Mega, and just avoid the choke altogether. And because someone did that, not in the Overwatch League, but I think it was in... It may have been under that World Cup. Uh, they made these types of maneuver illegal. Uh, I've so it may have been because that, of that. Though, in, like, Tier 2 and 3 contenders. Yeah, but they don't do have those rules. They don't have the Overwatch League rules. But. Yeah, let me see, actually. Gunba posted the um, the actual rule. And here's what I think happened, personally. I think that last year, because Deepay, I was watching the co-stream, and Deepay said immediately that's an illegal move yeah. when they did it. But I think it's very possible that Gunba... So Gunba didn't play in the league last year, right? Neither did McGravy, who's the co-coach. Yeah. And I think that last year they made it clear and the year before they didn't, personally. I th- I think that that would make sense as to why they wouldn't know. Um, Maybe. I, I know the league officials have said, we made it clear this year too, but well, you can and, never know what happened. <laughs> and you know I'm upset about this. I was I was <laughs> raging. But the the exact wording of the rules, no exploits of known bugs are allowed. This includes roof surfing, Doomfist on Midtown, or any other known or unknown exploits. Which begs the question, if this is considered an exploit or a bug, why hasn't it been fixed? Like, And I know you're saying that that would completely change how May is played, like, just because of the way, you know, her kit I, is, I don't think but... it would change the way Maze played. I think they would have to redesign the wall. Like, 
recode yeah. it from the ground up. And that will take time. And I honestly think it's better to just put a rule in place for the 20 people that use Overwatch League and use that development time for Overwatch League. Ideally, yeah. yes, it will just be fixed. But if you have to recode the entire Maywall, I'm like, just just give me Overwatch 2. I don't think you would have to. I think you would just have to modify the, the hitbox of the buildings. But and I don't every think slanted would roof would be a... Every single slanted roof would be a lot. I mean, you just change the mesh. I don't know. I, you could round it. I, I think... Or, or even just set up a situation where it can't be interacted with. But my thought is here. If we're playing on a, a new game, right? And that's what they're saying, is that Overwatch 2 is a new game. And that bug still exists. They carried it over from Overwatch 1 to 2. It's no longer a bug. It's a feature. Um, but, I mean, like, what's next? I guess they already have, like, you can't play Hammond. But, like, what about, like, <laughs> all right, well, no Bastion. That's the rule. Like, I And I guess they did Hero Pool, so they kind of did they that. They did the but... Hero Bands, yeah. But it's just, it seems like a silly thing to, my thought is like rules are created in the game that they create. Finding creative ways to play is just interesting. Um, I'm going to also try to find, because we talked about this, there was a, in 2020, I believe it was Paris, I'm going to have to find it, but there was a team that on defense used Tracer's ability to crouch walk and not make any sound to push a diva through that little hut right in front of the spawn door so it would make no sound and push the team closer so that they could rush them at the spawn doors and no one would know they were there. And the I other mean, team was taken by complete surprise. Like, how is that not an exploit? Well, I think it's because it's only diva. Every other hero can crouch and make Yeah, but that's a, a feature of diva is that you can't do that. So that you can't sneak up no, on people. That's probably fair. I I don't no. know. I just think it's a dumb thing personally, but it's that's fine. a lot of talk about it. I do agree. In an ideal world, it would be fixed. I understand that they probably just want to develop Overwatch Two with the developers they do have. Yeah, you All know right. what though, I, I I think that if they want to keep it, that's fine. I actually do think it's a cool thing. To especially like May's entire kit is about messing with the geometry of the map. I think that was that's a really creative and cool thing to do. I always like seeing it, and it's a risk. I mean, to throw yourself over a wall like that, yeah, you get past the choke, but you also are in a weird position. And if teams know that might come, you can prepare for it. And I guess it's that they thought it was an illegal move and they didn't have to prepare for it. But I don't know. I, I think it's a cool thing to do, but... I do agree it's definitely a cool thing to do. It's just that if they say that it's not viable, I guess it's not viable. And that's really where it ends. Mayhem still won the map, which is really where What it about, goes. like, the, the great bamboozle, right? The uh, gladiators on... I know it was different, but they used a creative approach, but... I, I love those yeah. types of creative approach, yeah. All right, okay, we can move on. Let's move on to the next one. Dallas 3, Washington 0. Washington did not play well. Dallas played really good. Dallas actually looked like Dallas. Like Dallas. And I think not having an audience watching them and booing them every single play <laughs> definitely helped them. Yeah, that was a Houston crowd. Uh, 
That was a He's home nipped. home game. Yeah. I mean, in most sports, you see the home home field advantage is very real. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything to talk about with this. I think Washington did not play well. I think especially Krillin. I'm curious what they'll look like with Vigilante once he comes of age. Um, until then, the Justice kind of disappointed me. Even after their holiday, I mean, I'm in D.C. They got their own holiday from the mayor. And then, uh, well, on that day, they did beat Twilight. Or uh, the <laughs> Twilight, the, the Defiant, Defiant. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yep. And then the last game of the week, Toronto Defiant three, Houston two. Which thinking about Twilight, I think Twilight make the biggest difference in that game because yeah, hard, yeah. I Toronto overall performed better than against Justice, but I think countering Doomfist on uh, Dante on Doomfist with the slips, with the nades, was really what made the difference in that game. Uh, Twilight was just keeping his resources and they were deleting the Dante on Doomfist. And because, you know, it's Dante on Doomfist, you don't have an actual tank player, they couldn't swap the monkey. I think if Houston had a tank player and they just swapped the monkey, they, they probably win that. Even Piggy isn't really a monkey player. No, and I mean the question of, like, I think this map in some ways answered the question of you know, beforehand, before the season started, people were talking about Doom Dive as a good, I don't know if replacement is the right word, but a viable strategy, which I think it still is. But my thought when hearing that is that a good Doom player, you could run over a Winston player in some ways. Like you think about Atlanta last year, couldn't play the ball. I think they were... They didn't have a good ball player, and so they opted for the Arisa, and that worked. I think I was thinking along the same lines of like, well, if you don't have a good monkey player, play Doom. And I think this map might have drawn that into question. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. Like, If you don't have a good monkey player, Doom can't really do it, especially if you have a, a good Doomfist player, right? Um, it's probably better for coordinated dives and playing really aggressive. But it leaves you a lot more open to being punished, and I think that's what we saw here. Um, I will say, uh, the more I see Saria comps, the more I think Saria comps can bring it up to Doom comps, the way that maybe Monkey comps have a harder time doing. So I do expect to see a little bit more Saria against uh, the Doomfist comps. You think Zarya can stand up to, like, a Ryan? I don't know about that. That's the issue, but if the enemy team is playing like Dante, right? And you know they're going to play Doomfist. Or maybe like Punk, who doesn't really play Reinhardt either. Um, and they're playing on Doomfist. Or Hawk, who also doesn't really, isn't really known to be a Reinhardt player. Because usually off tanks or apparently DPS players pick up the Doomfist. Um, unless you got like Fearless playing Doomfist on the other side, you're probably confident they are not going to swap to Reinhardt. They might swap to Monkey, which makes sense. But probably not to Reinhardt. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Were you surprised at all with the meta that came out this weekend? Yes and no. I mean, we, we saw a lot of different things. There, I don't think there was one meta, but I, I think uh, Atlanta and Houston actually looked very solid on the Doomfist. And then you had Shock and Gladiators looking very solid on the Monkey with Reiner. Who, by the way, picked Reiner up. He's doing really good. Well, we can talk about that in a second. I did just the last thing on the meta. 
I think if we look at the numbers, Monkey was the most played tank. I would say that the comp that I saw the most, and there were other comps played. I think that there was a good mix of things played. It's always, I think, the most fun of week one of the Overwatch League is you see a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Uh, that tends to be the case. But I think that the the overarching theme I was seeing, and tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, was Monkey, Ana Lucio, Soldier Genji. Yeah. Seemed like what most teams were playing, with a few it's, variations. It's definitely what most teams were playing. My question is, that is it what all the best teams were playing? Because you had Atlanta, who re- looked really solid, and Houston, who also looked really solid, um, playing the Dumbfist. Yeah. So if I, th- I think if you look at the, let's call it the top five teams, um, Gladiators, Shock, Atlanta, Dallas, and Houston... Only three of them were playing Monkey, and two of them were playing Doomfist. So, I think the big difference is that um, Monkey is definitely probably easier to play. So, a lot of the, let's call them bottom of the pack and uh, middle of the pack tier teams, don't have to push as much, uh, as much effort into learning Doomfist when they can just play Monkey. Yeah, that makes sense. It was something that Deepay was saying also in his co-stream was that... Uh, the kind of lower ranked teams tend to look at what the top ranked teams are doing and try to copy it. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes they would use that to their advantage of being, of thinking like, okay, this ball meta is going to be, you know, what, if people realize it's the best, they're going to start playing it. So let's try to convince everyone that this other thing we're good at <laughs> is actually the best. Yeah. And I mean, it could be one of those things where, you know, people, thought the glads you were, you think were london had the right idea with brawl they this this where this is going the met the good meta is actually london in brawl and everyone else is just like no let's not play brawl let's play dive yeah i don't know about <laughs> london <laughs> is just doing london there they're the Chengdu of the of the west now but um i think it was more what i think could have been possibly what happened is that People looked at the shock and they looked at the gladiators playing the Winston comps and thought like, okay, this is the best. I have to, we have to learn this, and then just focused on that, um, not thinking about Houston and Atlanta running that. I mean, yeah. even did the mayhem run? Someone was mostly on on Winston, right? Um, Winston, yeah, not even yeah. the mayhem run. The, even though someone was reported to be like a really good one. Yeah, we'll see what next week looks like, but. Yeah. Right. Do you want to? Yeah, you want to move on uh, about player movements, uh, the the waiver wires. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, let's each do our our top three players that uh, we think are maybe surprising or might not have been picked up that are worth picking up. You want to go first? I'll I'll let you start because I know you oh. have one flex support you want to plug. Yes, Sir Majed. I was talking about him before the season started. A lot of people were down on him. I think this weekend proved he's very solid. I'm curious what his numbers will look like. The Stats Lab has updated, but the app has not. Um, And I think he probably did very well. Uh, I think at least middle of the pack. And he was ranked very low, especially with Kareev. I think most people, a lot of leagues, I bet, would have him still available. So he's... I agree. My number one waiver wire. How about you, number one? I first I did think Kareev would play as well over Major and he looked really solid. So there you go. Really solid pickup. 
I think Anna. I was surprised you would play on Anna yeah. of all things. Yeah. But I think my if you want to call it a sleeper, you can. I don't think it's quite a sleeper, but Sam looked incredible. Um yeah. I I think compared to relative expectations, he outdid expectations a lot more than Proper did. Proper probably still a better player. Um Sam probably scored better this week overall, which is a lot to say, all things considered. Um he looked really clean on the Genji. I was saying that beforehand, remember? I was saying Sam is better than people are giving him credit for. I also I... watched all of the American Tornado and Redbird <laughs> last year, and so I'm really yeah, high on all those players, but, you know. I did expect Kilo to play more, because, you know, Kilo and Proper share the team. But, you know, when you have to play Genji and you have a great Genji, you just play some. Uh, yeah. So that's probably my... Probably not a sleeper, but he did way overperform this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the next one for me, in terms of uh, of a waiver wire, someone who is ranked very low and overperformed is Finale um, on Toronto. I don't know that he'll keep playing well, and I don't know that he played particularly well, but I think he probably scored middle of the pack and... That's better than he was expected. I think he's a solid bench player or backup DPS. I agree. Finale did um, especially well. I did not expect him to perform that well. Uh, he was at that, I don't want to say top level, uh, but he was probably better than average, better than middle of the pack. And I think that's as good as he can be. And that's good because that's what you need from him. Yeah. Uh, my next one is actually probably Hydron. We talked about him being a sleeper last week, and I think he proved that he's actually pretty solid. Um, I don't know how much he'll play if and when Exit comes into the team. I expect him and Exit to play, but Checkmate looked pretty good, so I have no idea how that's going to shake out. But Hydron, really solid. Yeah. Again, he's not going to be a top-tier DPS, I don't think. We have a, a lot of talent this year in the in the league, but I think he can definitely be like a late-round pickup and be in that bench until you need him do well. Yeah. My last one, I think there's a lot of options for this because it, it isn't necessarily a top-tier pick by any means, but if you need a backup tank with the way tanks are playing this year, I think Punk is actually going to be my third choice. He played more than... I don't know what I expected. Um, I think I expected him to play a decent amount, but he played... If I'm not mistaken, he played almost all the maps for Boston. He, uh, Boston all. played, I believe, nine maps, and he played seven. Itzel played one map, and <laughs> Marvel really. played one map. Was it uh, Royale playing Sigma? No, I think it was playing monkey on. Um, I, I don't this. remember. Yeah, Boston. Marvel, did, to be yeah, honest, Marvel came in to play Doomfist. Marvel looked incredible on the Doomfist, by the way. He only played like that tiny single map against the Titans, but he was like fucking on the Doomfist. Right, um, that was Marvel. I for some reason I thought that was Punk on the Doomfist in. Uh, no, that in was Oasis. Marvel. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was he good. Was, he was playing really well. <laughs> I have no idea why they haven't played him well. Well, uh, maybe that's well, I guess because Punk is good. <laughs> yeah. Bunk is really good, though. I think he's going to score well this week. I haven't seen the numbers yet, but I think he probably, again, middle of the pack, maybe upper middle of the pack. If you think about how he scored in the last two years on Boston, he was actually very high scoring off tank, even though that team was a dumpster fire. Um, I agree. He has always scored well on a shitty team. So what I would think is this, this team... Whether or not they do well, which I don't think they will, I think Punk will be a decent scorer. And as a backup tank, I think he's a great choice. If you don't have one of those top-tier tanks, like let's say you picked up Space, who didn't play one map, right? Um, unless I'm wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure Reiner played everything except Reiner played everything was a problem, yeah. Yeah. So if you picked up Space thinking Space would play over Reiner, he didn't. And you need a, a tank... And everyone else is picked up. I think that Punk is a good choice. Speaking of Reiner, he was actually going to be my third, not quote unquote sleeper, but uh, we all know Space. Space is like the face of the Gladiators, and a lot of people expect him to just play because he's Space. And Reiner has shown that he's incredibly good. He's like a top tier main tag, I believe. And so long as the meta is still Monkey or Reinhardt, having Reiner on. He will not lead you astray. He will score quite well on those heroes. Yeah, and you know what? Last week, I know I talked about False being a pick for Tank, who was very disappointing. I think he's the only one out of that American Tornado team that was disappointing this week. Because you think about it, of the people we've talked about today, Ultraviolet OG, American Tornado, Reiner, American Tornado, Hydron, American Tornado, Sam, American Tornado, and then False was the off-tank. And... I think on that team, he was probably the least impressive, just if also, we're going to be honest. But geez, if it were a Diva or a Saria meta, I think False would be doing better. Um, yeah. He's just not that good on the Heroes weekend that are being played right now. I'll be honest, on the, on the only map he played Diva against Boston, which was Lighthouse Elias, he actually didn't look bad. I think he's a solid Diva. The problem is you only have him. And when you have to play Monkey, Doomfist, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, should we talk about um, just two two people that uh, that we think lost value this week or maybe you should drop? Yeah, sure. I mean, besides the obvious one, which is space, if you have space, you can't trade him for someone better or you have to bench him. Um, I think my top one would probably be Fearless. And yeah. Fearless is really good. And I know he looks great on Monkey Metas, but honestly, Hambing kind of... There were rumors about Hambing being incredibly good. And I think Hambing is probably going to be the Dallas pick for like 99% of the... Uh, well, not maybe not 99. If you have a Rhine meta, then you probably want Fearless. Or a hard monkey meta, you probably want fearless. But I think Hamlin looked incredible, and he's likely to get a lot of the playtime. Yeah, yeah. In that vein, I think Piggy is my my first choice on that. He didn't really play over Dante. 
The question then becomes what happens if Doom is no longer meta, and I think then Picky gains value, but is it worth using up a bench spot? I think that that's a question for you individually, right? It's about what team do you have? What spots do you need? Like, if you have a solid tank and you don't need Piggy, fine, right? Leave him on your bench for a meta where he's going to... Like, if there's a Sigma meta, he's going to be one of the top picks in the yeah. league. But if not, I mean, if you keep having Doom, Dante's going to play over him every day of the week. So I think he lost a lot of value. I agree. And like I said earlier, I have both Dante and Piggy, and I'm now, I'm now looking to trade Piggy away. Yeah. That said, right. I do have Kalush as well. So I, yeah, I, I, I'm not in desperate need of a tank. Do you have anyone um, else, uh, your second choice on that? Not really. I, I did expect Poco to play more because I just think he's mechanically better than Hadi. But Hadi actually looked very good on the right hand. And if London are going to commit to playing mostly right, except on maps where. Ryan just doesn't work at all. Um, I think Poco is not going to get a lot of playtime. I mean, there yeah. is no other meta where <laughs> Poco would be more viable, right? Like, the meta right now is Monkey Doomfist. I imagine for either of them, you'd still play Poco. And London just decided to play Brawl instead. So I expect them to just stick to Brawl most of the time. How much do you think that has to do with... Um with Landon more than Hottie? I am not certain. I think, honestly, Landon didn't look that bad. I think for a last second takeout, he was all right. Yeah, no, I, I don't think Landon was bad on Baptiste, but he was only really playing Bap. I mean, I think he played... Did he, he play Anna. Anna at all? Yeah, he played Anna on the on Route 66 against Vancouver. He was not the problem. He was definitely not the problem. He wasn't amazing or anything, but if London want to play dive, I don't think he's going to be the problem. I think it's more likely to be something. Yeah. Well, as my last pick for someone who whose value dropped substantially this week, who I would say drop Doha. And I hate to say it, I thought that Dallas was going to shoehorn a Sparkle Doha meta, no matter, like, you know, uh, DPS duo, no matter the meta. But Edison looked great this yeah, weekend. You could actually pick up Edison on the content. I, yeah, I think if you have I'm Doha, not, I would drop yeah. him for Edison. I'm not sure Edison is going to play on every meta, but he's playing and doing all right on this meta. Yeah, my thought was they would probably in a hitscan meta pick either Doha or Sparkle and then just stick with them as like the mainstay and it was yeah. most likely going to be Sparkle so yeah. I'm not overly surprised but um pleasantly surprised honestly that they they didn't just try to shoehorn Doha Sparkle in I do agree and there you go Edison if you have a free spot on your bench and you want a DPS who's going to probably score well to good for this meta there you go. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, I think that is, in terms of the, the waiver wires, definitely what. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk? I'm all about the esports gambling. I think there were some weird spreads this weekend. 
Um, I don't know going into this next weekend what it looks like right now, but uh, I have it up here. Let's go over the next week's games really quick and predict scores like uh, lightning round, right? I'll throw the game, we throw scores, and we can close with that. Sounds good. That's awesome. um, Mayhem Titans. 3-0 Mayhem. I think this is going to be the most interesting map of the weekend, personally. Wow, really? Or Oh, no, you know what? I was thinking of <laughs> Toronto. No, it's going to be 3-0. It's not even going to be close. Yeah, I was like, the very next game is San Francisco-Houston. <laughs> yeah, that will be... Yeah. I don't know why in my brain I just thought, oh, yeah, that's the defiant, <laughs> you know, defiant uh, mayhem, teams. which would be, I think, <laughs> the most interesting. Would be very interesting, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 3-0. Uh, San Francisco, Houston. I got San Francisco 3-1. I have San Francisco 3-2. I think it depends on uh, almost entirely Finn. Yeah. If Finn counters Dante like Twilight did, or if Houston is able to adapt and they swap out Dante for Piggy, I think it's... They could it, it, Yeah. They could even 3-2 the Shock, but I think that the Shock will win 3-2. Yeah. Um, Rain Justice. 3-0 Rain. I have 3-1 rain, but I also put that in after the Defiant and not the Dallas game. Um, That's fair. I think I'm going to switch to 3-2. Yeah. Uh, ooh. London 3-1. Yeah, I have Boston 3-1. I'm going to switch it to 3-2. Okay. I think Boston will eke it out. Uh, Dallas Fuel, Los Angeles Gladiators. I'm realizing I did my pickums after, like, I did it <laughs> halfway through the weekend. I have Glad's winning three two. I have Dallas winning three two. Oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna stick to my to my guns on this though. Uh, New York Vancouver. I have New York three one. I do too. Uh, Houston Florida. I have Houston three one. I have Florida. I think 3-2. it could be closer. Yeah, I think it could be close. You know uh, how I feel about the mayhem. But yeah. uh, usually I keep my feelings out of these. But after seeing the Defiant against the Outlaws, I think that these teams, I'm put, putting Defiant and Mayhem in a very similar tier, especially yeah, with the potential. I think Maja is not as good as Twilight. Oh, I don't I think it comes down to but... I think it comes down to how good Maja can counter uh, Dante and Doomfist. Um, I think San Francisco, New York. Um, I have three one rank. San Francisco. I had three two New York, but I'm gonna go ahead and swap it to three one. <laughs> Shock, yeah. Uh, and finally, Paris, Toronto, and I have three one Toronto. Three zero. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that one's gonna be close. Something to say with the Mayhem Defiant though, or uh, Mayhem Outlaws, is I think that. The Defiant winning and showing that you could counter that Dante is, I think, something to consider as a factor. Because this week, they're not coming in with them being, you know, undisputed on that. Yes, but also I expect Houston to adapt. They have solid coaching staff and they have always been a smart team. So I expect Houston to adapt one way or the other. Fair enough, yeah. Okay, I think that does it for this week. Yeah, that does it. 
Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been fun. Uh, keep keep on doing what you're doing, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Have a great time, and watch the Overwatch League. I require healing. There was a slight moment in there where I cut out uh, my entire computer shut off in the middle of us recording this, but uh, there was a, a solid five minutes that I was gone, and in that time, G began to have a full conversation with the bot that records our podcast, Craig, and I felt the need to add this at the end here for you as a little, little bonus for those of you who listened past the end. So... Enjoy. Well, technically, how are you doing today? Are you just having fun recording us? Do you enjoy this? Do you listen to it later and be like, but pleasure? <laughs> oh, man. You know, uh, 